Last week, the title Mr. and Mr. Potato Head briefly became a heated social and cultural issue. Mr. Potato Head? The toy? Really? Did you know that not too long ago, the use of Ms., which is a title, a prefix before a woman's name, was a sensational issue in a U.S. presidential election? Hey there, news peelers. Today is Friday, March 5th, 2021, and this is Adele with the Peel.News. Once a week, we select a news item and peel the history behind it to gain perspective from the past. And oh boy, sometimes history gives us a good laugh, sometimes it offends, and sometimes it just shocks. Like, did that really happen? I'm telling you, you can't make up some of these stuff that happened in our past. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink or both and let's get into it. Last week, on February 25th, the Rhode Island toy company, Hasbro, announced that it is dropping the title Mr. from Mr. Potato Head. On the same day, the New York Times published an article with the following headline, quote, Mr. Potato Head brand goes gender neutral, sort of, end quote. According to that article, GLAD, which is an LGBT advocacy organization, applauded Hasbro's decision because this is a move toward inclusivity where kids can now make their own bespoke potato families like with two moms or two dads. Well, let's just say the news of what Hasbro did didn't go over well on social media. Twitter exploded with comments and criticisms, some of which are not exactly rated PG. We'll just share a benign example here. According to the Associated Press, one person tweeted, Hasbro should just drop the bro and just be Has. Has for name of company. And as reported by the Wall Street Journal, conservative lawmakers also took to social media with sharp criticisms like cancel culture strikes again. Later that afternoon, Hasbro tweeted to calm and clarify. To avoid creating more confusion, which there was plenty of last week on February 25th, I'll just read from a page on Hasbro's website, which has the same date, February 25th. Hasbro is officially renaming Mr. Potato Head brand to Potato Head to better reflect the full line. But rest assured, the iconic Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head characters aren't going anywhere and will remain Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. So, to conclude, the corporation is keeping the product but rebranding its product line. But this doesn't conclude all the excitement that happened last week. On the same day, February 25, the House of Representatives passed the Equality Act, which changes the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to specifically 
provide protection against discrimination against members of LGBT community in public or private settings. This House bill was passed along party lines and was primarily sponsored and spearheaded by Mr. David Sicily, an openly gay Democrat from Rhode Island, which is Mr. Potato Head's home state. And this is not all. The day before all this happened, on February 24th, Illinois Representative Marie Newman, whose daughter is transgender, put up the pink and blue transgender pride flag outside her office in the hallway in Congress. Later that day, Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, whose office, as we understand it, is across the hall from Congresswoman Newman's, put up a sign on the wall that reads, quote, There are two genders, male and female. Trust the science. End quote. So, a news story about rebranding a toy, which most of us wouldn't normally pay attention to, was suddenly in the midst of all this news about gender and gender equality. And this made us curious. Have the honorific titles, Mr., Ms., or Mrs., ever caused controversy in the past? And has the safe and unadventurous Mr. Potato Head ever been, well, ever been exciting, controversial? We're talking about a potato here, people. Stay with me as I peel the history behind this news. At the Peel.News, we're usually overweight on politics and underweight on subjects like potatoes. By overweight, I don't mean the rotunda around our bellies. I mean emphasis, focus. And by potatoes, I don't mean french fries, which my daughter loves. I mean Mr. Potato Head. So, we have to look into the history behind Mr. Potato Head. Ha ha ha, peeling the potato. Very funny. I've been hearing all this week. But seriously. If we're going to set things right, we need to peel the potato first. You see, potatoes are deeply rooted in America's culture. No pun intended there. For example, in politics, we refer to the everyday and basic issues of American families and meat and potatoes. And Idaho rightfully prides itself on its potatoes. Believe me, I've camped in Idaho. I've seen the potato billboards along the road and the potato museum. But there's nothing about the origin of potatoes that's inherently American. The pilgrims in Plymouth certainly didn't have mashed potatoes. And even though we eat French fries and drink vodka, potatoes did not originate from France or Russia. And no, they are not Irish either. Potatoes are Peruvian. There you have it. So... Does this fall into the who cares category? Yes, normally it would. But our indifference to the history of potatoes suddenly changed. Not so much because of the news of Mr. Potato Head from last week, but because we came across a book titled What If. In the book, we stumbled on a chapter titled What If Pizarro Had Not Found Potatoes in Peru? This chapter had me at Peru. I immediately thought of my own trekking journey through the Andes up to the Condor Pass, and then down to Machu Picchu. Our adventure guys told us all about the many types of Peruvian potatoes, how they're cooked, and the dishes that they make. And I listened to it all (laughs) as I suffer from altitude sickness and a mild case of hypothermia. But in the book that I've just mentioned, What If?, 
the late historian William H. McNeil, who was a professor at the University of Chicago, argues that more than the silver and gold that Pizarro found in Peru, it was potato with its low prestige and high calories that changed the world. As he explains it, when planted in Europe, the caloric yield of potato was two to four times greater than grain. Potatoes sustained sailors in their overseas voyages. Potato fed Russian adventurers that dared to trek overland in the vast wilderness that was Siberia. Potato enabled Europe's population growth, which supported its world-dominating ambitions. And equally important, potato made larger military campaigns possible. For example, Prussia's Frederick the Great encouraged the planting of potatoes because it sustained Prussia's peasants from starving during war. And, as Professor McNeil tells it, without potatoes, Napoleon's military career would not be possible. As for low prestige, don't be so sure. At some point, potato was all the rage. In fact, it was in vogue. Marie Antoinette, the famous queen of France, promoted potatoes by wearing potato flowers in her hair in a ball at the Versailles. As if mindful of his adventurous past, Mr. Potato Head has had a daring career too. When it was introduced in 1952, it was the first toy to be advertised not to parents, but directly to children. At the time, this was revolutionary marketing. And get this, Mr. Potato Head was not made of plastic. Kids would stick in Mr. Potato Head's ears, eyes, mustache, whatever, into real potatoes. And obviously, the potato would rot after a while. So thankfully, in 1964, Mr. Potato Head was finally introduced, as we know it. But kids eating a rotting potato or ants swarming all around it wasn't the only danger posed by Mr. Potato Head. Oh, no. Apparently, pieces that came with Mr. Potato Head were sharp and kids were cutting themselves up. <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize, I don't mean to laugh, it's just that we're talking about Mr. Potato Head here. As for fame and prestige, well, Mr. Potato Head has got plenty of that too. He is in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and plays a part in Disney's Toy Story. And even plain old potatoes are famous these days. Potatoes are starred in Mars with Matt Damon. Anyway, Despite his glorious and dangerous past, the Mr. and the Mr. Potato Head brand was deemed by its toy maker as no longer in keeping with the times. This podcast is available on your device on Spotify, Apple, Google, and other podcast apps. You can also listen to us online on anger.fm. Subscribe and follow our podcast. And don't keep us all to yourself. Tell a friend about the Peel.News podcast. As it turns out, instead of dropping the title Mr. from Mr. Potato Head, Hasbro could have replaced it with another title, one that is gender neutral. In our research, we stumbled on a New York Times article from 2015 that describes social media discussions about MX period, which is pronounced mix as a gender neutral alternative to Ms. and Mr. 
So I guess instead of Mr. Potato Head, the popular toy could have been rebranded as Mix Potato Head. Mix, MX period, can be found online in the Oxford Dictionary, which the New York Times article refers to. We also found the gender-neutral title Mix online in Google Dictionary and the Merriam-Webster Dictionary as well. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, Mix was first used in the late 1970s as a feminist word for those who didn't want their gender to be revealed in their title. Wow, the 1970s. Gender-neutral titles were proposed that long ago? Actually, they were proposed way before the 1970s. In his 2020 book, What's Your Pronoun? Beyond He and She, Dennis Barron takes us on a historical tour of gender-neutral pronouns. His book is quite informative on this subject and an easy read. He explains that 1884, about 36 years before women won the right to vote, was a banner year for introducing gender-neutral pronouns into the American lexicon. One was thon, T-H-O-N, which was a combination of the words that and one. This newly concocted, gender-neutral word started out from UC Berkeley and was soon discussed in widely circulated journals such as the Boston Globe. It was even mentioned in some dictionaries. I should mention that we did not find the word online in Google Dictionary or Oxford Dictionary. Interestingly enough, though, we found it in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary online. But it wasn't the same word. It was a Scottish word meaning the one yonder. The other interesting pronoun mentioned in the book is Heiser, which is a combination of his and her. It's spelled H-I-S-E-R. We didn't find Heiser online in Google, Oxford, or Merriam-Webster dictionaries. By the way, the development of gender-neutral pronouns was not exclusively an American phenomenon, In 1929, the year after all British women won the right to vote, it seemed untenable that the British Prime Minister then, Stanley Baldwin, should continue to use male pronouns to refer to both males and females. This was widely discussed, and there were many suggestions, including hesh, hire, and something that we are familiar with now, the singular they, T-H-E-Y. However, none of these gender-neutral pronouns are prevalent in the English language now, although the singular they, T-H-E-Y, is gaining wider usage now. So the question for us is, was there a new title or pronoun in history that did gain wide usage? And if so, what sort of controversy, if any, did it cause? I hope you're enjoying this podcast, and if you are, please consider supporting the show for as little as 99 cents a month, which can be canceled any time. Start your support by clicking the support link right here in the detailed description for this episode, or click the support button in our podcast profile on anchor.fm. The online Merriam-Webster Dictionary states that Ms. is used instead of Miss or Mrs. 
when the marital status of a woman is unknown or irrelevant. And it suggests that it was first used in 1901, 120 years ago. The title Ms. is now widely used in the U.S. I actually prefer it over Mrs. or Miss. It's just easier in conversation. But the wide adoption of Ms. went through a rocky route, and at one point, it became a hot political potato. It is 2021, and a woman, Ms. Kamala Harris, is our Vice President. We can call her Ms. Vice President. We can call her Madam Vice President. Or we can call her Ms. Harris or her full name, Ms. Kamala Harris. Okay, you get the point. However, we cannot call her Mrs. Harris, right? And Miss, as in M-I-S-S, Harris, is just outright ridiculous. It's offensive and it's just wrong. One reason it's wrong is that Miss is a title prefix for young, on, and unmarried women. Miss Harris is, well, married, and she's not in her teens or 20s anymore. Not that Miss would be right for people, for women in their 20s anyway. But what if I told you that a U.S. president called a member of his cabinet by the title Miss? Frances Perkins was the first female member of a U.S. cabinet. She served as the Secretary of Labor from 1933 to 1945. Her story is just inspiring. She was the Secretary of Labor during the Great Depression, when a quarter of working Americans, mostly men, were out of work. How's that as a challenge? Oh, no pressure there. She's the first female cabinet member, and she needs to deal with America's 25% unemployment rate. But she rose to the occasion, and her contributions are still with us. Social Security, minimum wage, um, the 40-hour work week, the 8-hour day, overtime, and child labor laws. Uh, by the way, minimum wage, again, is in the news, is, is an issue, and we did a podcast on that about two weeks ago. Anyway, back to her title. Since she had not adopted her husband's last name, Wilson, she could not be called Miss Wilson. So on her first day on the job, news reporters asked her how they should address her. She said, Miss Perkins. A colleague standing next to her demanded that they address her as Madam, as in Madam Secretary or Madam Perkins. However, the Miss continued to be used. For example, even in public, President Delano Roosevelt, FDR, called her Miss Perkins. Apparently, it never occurred to anyone, including Frances Perkins herself, to use the title Ms. M.S. period. Amazingly, the title Ms. was controversial even some 50 years later, in the 1980s. Although Ms. Kamala Harris has broken a major barrier for women, 36 years before her, another woman broke another barrier. In 1984, Geraldine Farrar, a Democratic congresswoman from Queens, New York, became Walter Mondale's vice presidential running mate. This made her the first and only Italian-American and the first woman on a major party's national ticket. Like Frances Perkins 50 years before her, Fraro had not taken her husband's last name, which was Zaccaro. In late August 1984, just two months shy of election day, the Washington Post, 
declared that Geraldine Farrar's choice of the honorific terms Ms., Mrs., or Miss is one of the prominent journalism issues of our time. I kid you not. This is a real story. We're talking about 1984. What's amazing about this story is that Geraldine Farrar had, in fact, previously written to the Washington Post, telling the newspaper that she preferred to be called Ms., M.S. period. But the paper completely skirted the issue, ignoring her request. The Washington Post, throughout the election season, would refer to her as Democratic Vice Presidential Nominee Geraldine A. Fraro or Geraldine A. Fraro or just Fraro by itself. And the Washington Post was not alone in this. For example, on July 13, 1984, just six days before Ms. Fraro's nomination in the Democratic National Convention in San Francisco as Mondale's running mate, the New York Times ran an article about her, throughout which Fraro was referred by Mrs., as in Mrs. Fraro instead of Ms. Fraro, which is what she preferred. In defense of New York Times, Geraldine Fraro had said that Mrs. Fraro was her second, second best choice. But why would she say that? Why would she say that Mrs. is my second best choice? Because at that time, there was so much resistance to calling her by her preferred title, Ms., as in Ms. Farrow. So she felt obliged to give him sort of a way out. Imagine that. Resistance to addressing a woman by her preferred title, the prefix Ms. This little anecdote may give you some more perspective about this time period, the early 1980s. In 1984, as news channels were learning more about Geraldine Farrow, this new candidate, and they were interviewing her, a prominent journalist on Meet the Press News show asked Ms. Fraro, Are you strong enough to push the button? By button, they meant the button for a nuclear attack. Can you imagine a reporter last year in 2020 having the temerity to ask Ms. Kamala Harris while she was campaigning the asinine question of whether or not she's tough enough to push the button? Yeah, that was the 80s back then. The times have changed. And everything changes with time. Two years after Ms. Fraro and Mr. Mondale lost the election to Ronald Reagan and his vice president, Mr. Bush, the New York Times finally changed its policy and formally adopted the use of Ms. instead of Mrs. Stay with me as we get into the perspective. Hasbro is not by any means the pioneer when it comes to inclusivity. Mattel's Barbie introduced characters with disabilities, hair loss, and one even had some sort of a skin disorder. Also, in 2019, Mattel introduced a customizable gender-neutral doll. Or I think there was more than one, actually. Before that, in 2016, Mattel had added a female train character to his Thomas the Tank engine set. And the American Girl, which is an expensive doll with accessories and personalities, and actually wonderful American stories, has had a boy doll since 2017, which I guess it's called an American boy. Actually, uh, scratch that. I, I, I don't know what it's called. 
So it's interesting to note that, in essence, Hasbro's move last week was more limited than Mattel and the American Girl. Hasbro didn't introduce a new character. Hasbro didn't change a character. Mr. Potato Head is still there. Hasbro just changed a brand name, as corporations often do. But it hit a nerve. And this is where history comes in. It took some 80 plus years for the title Ms. MS period to gain wide usage. Do you think we will ever adopt a gender-neutral title, such as MX period, which is pronounced mixed, so that when we meet people, we can call them Mr. or Ms. if we know their preferences, or Mix if we don't. Admittedly, gender-neutral titles sound, well, unusual to me. Mr. and Ms. Potato Head sound right to me. Even Ms. Potato Head will do. But mixed potato head doesn't sound right, at least not to me. I'm not saying this to put it down. My ears aren't just used to it. And I'm not even sure how using mix or the singular they practically work in everyday interactions. But here's the thing. Time changes everything. Just as it sounds offensive to us now that President Roosevelt called his Secretary of Labor Miss Perkins, or that newspapers refused to call a Democratic vice presidential candidate by her preferred title, Ms. Some titles that we use today, such as Madam, Ms., Mr., and Mrs., may sound offensive 50 years from now, at least in certain situations. And however we react to these proposed changes today, will be recorded as history for the future. So, so maybe 50 years from now, the Peel.News will do a podcast about how we designate gender and deal with gender issues today. Anyway, if you know of any history that could provide more perspective from the past on this subject, please share it with us and tell us what's your perspective. beat and rhythm you've been hearing throughout this podcast and are hearing now is called The Success. It's by Keys of Moon Music. And the link and license for this music is provided in the text content for this episode. The names of books we mention are also there, along with their Amazon links. Of course, as always, we don't endorse any books or Amazon, and we don't have any financial relationships with either. We just think these books are pretty cool history, and you're welcome to read them if you wish. Also, for citation to specific pages of these books and other sources we use, you're welcome to visit the post for this episode on our website, thepeel.news. Finally, as a reminder, we don't do news here at thepeel.news. We peel the news for the history behind it. And our mission is not to provide a complete account and analysis of the past, rather is to highlight some issues and incidents in our history that may poke and prod your discerning minds into seeking some perspective for our current events. And if you disagree with our take on history, 
Well then, it means we've succeeded in getting you to think about the history behind news. And of course, share your thoughts with me by leaving comments about this episode on our Instagram page at thepeel.news. I love to hear from you. I love to learn from you. Until next time, this is Adele with Appeal.News.